Hey, it's Adam Sank. And if you like my radio show, you'll love my comedy album, Adam Sank, live from the Stonewall Inn. <gasps> oh, my goodness. What? Fellatio? Really? Available on Amazon, iTunes, and Google Play. Get ready for comedy. Elmo's horny! Politics. The gay spin on the story was like, Queen Elizabeth fucking loves us. Pop culture. I'm not a sports fan. I don't follow this shit. Sexual harassment of celebrity guests. And you are always welcome in my apartment in New York City. And by my apartment, I mean my bed. <laughs> and poetry. Hotter than Vesuvius, more well-endowed than the Mastodon. It's the Adam Sank Show on Derek and Romaine 2.0. And for the next hour, you're in the ass. Oh, fuck yeah. And now, the one, the only, Adam Say! Bottom. Willkommen. Guten Tag. I'm speaking German today because I just found out that the Adam Sank Show has a fan in Germany. A mysterious fan. All I know about him is that he's a psychiatrist. And he met a fellow member of the New York City Gay Men's Chorus and told him that he was a huge fan of the Adam Sank Show. So shout out to Germany. I love you. I totally forgive you for that whole Nazi thing. We are back live this week. Today is Sunday, May 23rd at 2018. And uh, if you're listening to this at adamsank.com slash podcast at 3 o'clock Eastern Time on Sunday, then you are listening live. And you can call us at 844-825-5367. Of course, old episodes of The Ass are available on iTunes. Please leave me your ratings and reviews. You can also email me feedback, questions, comments, dick pics, anything you like. The email address is adam at adamsank.com. Like the Facebook page. And this is the last time I'm going to say this in 2018, you guys. Donate to my AIDS Walk page. AIDS Walk is a week from today. You have one week left to make your donation I'm sad to say it looks like I'm not going to hit my $20,000 goal this year, but I could hit 15000 very easily. I'm close to it. Go to adamsank.com, donate what you can. Every donation is tax deductible and goes to GMHC, the world's largest HIV AIDS services provider. You guys, today we have an enormous show. We have a packed show in honor of Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, by the way, to all you mothers. Uh, and that includes my mother and my sisters. And speaking of my mother, we will be talking to her live on The Adam Sank Show. This is a an exclusive. She will not be doing any other interviews today, only my show. Uh, we'll also be talking to Cindy Foster, hilarious comedian, and the woman, woman behind a viral video called Lesbian Nature Calls, which has taken off. I'm sure you've seen it. We'll be talking to her about where that video came from. But first, my guest co-host today is making his debut on The Ass. And uh, you may recognize him as well because he became very internet famous following an incident on a New York City subway train. Take a listen. Listen to this. We have a follow-up to the LeBron. Listen to this. We have a follow-up to the LeBron James riding the New York City subways with his teammates. Remember that I showed this yesterday. The rider was sitting next to the NBA star. Quickly became a viral hit when he told LeBron, "Can you not?" when LeBron pointed his camera at him. Can you not? Well, now that guy's enjoying his 15 minutes of fame, doing the talk show circuit, and asking everyone to call him by a new name. Hi, everybody. It's me, James Michelangelo. But I just want you to refer to me from here on out as Can You Not. <laughs> Talk about running with it. Turns out James, or can you not, is a comedian, real estate agent, and says he didn't know who LeBron James or the others were when they got on the train. He just knew they were big and they were taking up lots of space on his bench. <laughs> he was not having it. Now, when I saw this on the news, I got very excited because I've been friends with James Michelangelo for years, and joining us now is my co-host for today, James Michelangelo. Hey, hey. James. Thanks for having me, Adam. I'm so thrilled that you could do this. I'm so happy to be here. That was, when was that? That was in November. And you really got a lot of play out of that. That was crazy. Tell, tell us everything that happened as a result of that video. I mean, from the moment, from the moment I stepped off the train, within 15 minutes of it actually happening, blew up. My social media, my phone. I mean, it was crazy. And I you weren't trying to be funny. I, I seriously had no idea what was happening. I, I was not funny. If you watch the video, I was pissed you off. You just looked like a pissy little queen. I was like a pissy little queen. Get but, off my but train, you, Were you on all, on all three networks? Three all major, three all four, networks. four networks. I did 40, 40 news outlets, 40 like media coverage news outlets. It's so insane. Blasted off this story. I mean, I think I did 36 interviews. 
That's crazy. In a 48-hour time frame. Did you ever uh, hear from LeBron? Did he ever no, reach No, but out? I did hear from his production company, un- Uninterrupted, which spawned... You know, I did that first little video, yeah. which my, my retort went viral, and then they asked me to do a second one. And I did do a second one where I tried to school LeBron, you know, three things he shouldn't do on the subway. That Uninterrupted ask, asked me to do. Did you get any money from any of this? Of course I didn't get any money. I was not discovered for my talent. <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem with viral fame is that it doesn't always monetize. It really, it's crazy. Not that I would know because I have none. Well, it's, it's thrilling <laughs> to have you here. And in addition to being a viral video sensation, James is a, a very funny comedian Aww. and actor uh, who I've had the pleasure to know for quite a while. And um, we have a lot to talk about. In a very, this is a very compressed show because we have two guests and I have many topics and we have to do the Pervnado update. But I just want to mention, James, that I was pulled over this week by a police officer and ticketed on my bicycle. Come on. On a bicycle, I was like with a car, a police car with a siren, with lights flashing. I was like, this can't be for me. He pulled me over because I went through a red light. Are you kidding? And was wearing my my AirPods, which the law apparently in New York is that a cyclist can wear one earphone, but not two. Did you know this, JB? I did, because this was half time in college, like, uh, I want to say like three years ago, because I had a lot of skateboard friends. And they was talking about this new law about people and headphones, because there were a lot of car accidents happening with buses. I was just like, well, yeah, I feel like if you're on any type of road and you're not in like a stable vehicle, you should at least have one headphone in. I mean, I don't argue with the law. Um, I will say that all I'm doing in the morning when I'm on my bike is listening to Howard Stern at a very low volume. I can hear cars whizzing past me. I can hear honks. I can hear people yelling at me, you know, whatever. The speeding or the the going through the red light is complete bullshit. Riverside Drive, where I was biking, has a park on one side of it. So there's no cars coming from one direction. The other direction, there are these little sleepy side streets. And there's a red light every five feet. So there's no fucking way you can stop at every red light. It's a mountain. That is probably the craziest place you could ever get pulled over. But you know what? It turns out that I am on trend because the NYPD says it has busted nearly 5,000 cyclists in the first four months of 2018 for running red lights. Right. And none of them were delivery people. Hundreds more violations than the same time last year. Um, The DOT has installed, that's the Department of Transportation, has installed more than 100 traffic lights specifically aimed at bicyclists. So they fucked me, James. (laughs) And you know how much I paid? This is the punchline. For those two tickets, one for going through the red light, one Mm -hmm. for wearing both AirPods, $288. I just wiped my ass with that fucking money. (laughs) I am angry, and I posted a picture of myself on Facebook and Instagram in front of the squad car, and some cunty people got on my page and were like, Served you right. You deserved it. You need to obey. Tra-. And I was like, unfriend, unfriend, unfriend. Totally. Don't shame me after I've just been pulled over by a cop and ticketed for $288. Can I tell you one really quick Please. thing that people are doing as well, that, that uh, the police are doing, which is piggybacks on the bike thing. There are undercover cops in Central Park that are giving $150 tickets to dog owners who have their dogs off leash 10 minutes after 9 a.m., which is 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., it's off leash hours. But it's crazy. They will ambush you. Wait, after 9? Oh, after So between 6 and 9 a.m., it's off leash hours, right? I see. And dogs can run free. And they can run free. I've actually taken Lady there once, but I'm rarely up on a weekend at 6 a.m. Well, I live at the tip of Central Park, so I'm there every morning. Just the tip. Just the tip. Yeah, that's fucked up. I mean, the cops are really looking for ways to make money. And I'm all for safe biking. Like, I hate when I, I've been almost hit by many bikes, particularly delivery people, because they'll go the wrong fucking way. They'll go drive on the ride on the sidewalk. Yeah, they're crazy. I'm like a really responsible biker. I'm constantly looking out for pedestrians, children, dogs, squirrels. But if I'm racing down a hill and a light is turning yellow, I'm not going to suddenly grab my brakes. It would have been unsafe. And you know me, James. I am never unsafe. You are never. I'm not going to go there. That's a perfect segue to our uh, bi-weekly Pervnado update. Mm. Now, I don't know if you know this, James, but every two weeks we recap all of the sexual misconduct uh, cases that have broken in the last two weeks. I do. I'm familiar with your show. I think it's fantastic. Thank you. This. And this this time, uh, my lead story is breaking news. This just Thank you. There's our Pervnado siren. This just broke in the last 24 hours. 
and it's about Jeffrey Tambor. Rain Valdez, who is a trans actor who worked on the show Transparent as a director's assistant, has come forward to accuse Tambor of further sexual misconduct on the set of the Amazon show. In a statement made on Twitter, Valdez shared the story of how Tambor kissed her without consent, and she supported Transparent star Trace Lissette's 2017 claims about her own altercations with Tambor, as well as those of Tambor's former assistant, Van Barnes. You know, one of the actors on the set, one of the trans actors, has pointed out that Jeffrey Tambor is one of the only people, if not the only person, who's been accused by multiple people of sexual misconduct and just went on to another job. Right. Like, he did have to leave Transparent, and that's a big deal because it was his show and he was the star and everything. But he got hired someplace else. He's, right yeah. yeah. So, it's not good. Well, what fascinates me is that there's a movement happening and the behavior is continuing. It's one thing before, but for somebody to continue doing it, that takes a lot of balls. Well, he's not, this isn't a new, he didn't just do this. It's just that Rain Valdez is now talking about it. He's oh, been off I the see. set for quite some time. Um, also, this was the, the big story that rocked New York this past week, and this one really hurts. New York Attorney General right. Eric Schneiderman a, an avid Me Too supporter and advocate for women's issues, resigned on Monday night amid an explosive report that he'd been accused by four women of physically abusing him. Schneiderman wrote in a statement, quote, in the last several hours, serious allegations, which I strongly contest, have been made against me. While these allegations are unrelated to my professional conduct, they will effectively prevent me from leading the office's work at this critical time. A New Yorker magazine report had revealed that Schneiderman repeatedly hit these women, often after drinking, frequently in bed, and never with their consent. One of the women uh, who was born in Sri Lanka claims that during her relationship with Schneiderman, he occasionally called her his brown slave and asked her to call him master. You know, Schneiderman has been a hero of the political left, and he was aggressively pursuing investigations against both Harvey Weinstein and Donald Trump, but he's now facing an investigation of his own behavior, and they don't even know who the new attorney general is going to be. It's really so frustrating when it happens on our side. Bring back Preet. Bring back who? Preet Bharara. Yeah, Bring seriously. Um, I'm going to skip this next one because uh, we're running short of time and no one knows who this person is. Um, here's something interesting. R. Kelly's music will no longer be played on Spotify and has been removed from all of its official playlist. Um, the company added its voice to the growing chorus of those who are trying to hold the singer responsible after decades of alleged sexual misconduct. Uh, last week, an organization called Time's Up uh, created a grassroots campaign, hashtag Mute R. Kelly, and it's called on his record label and all other music entities, radio, streaming services, etc., to stop supporting and playing music by the platinum-selling R&B singer. R. Kelly has for years faced these lawsuits and news reports alleging sexual coercion and abuse of young girls and women. He has denied the allegations. But, you know, we've, this has been growing. We, every, every two weeks we talk about R. Kelly, and I think it's... The pressure is mounting, which is probably a good thing. Meanwhile, a third adult film performer has accused the owner of Boy Crush, which is a barely legal gay porn site, of sexual assault. Uh, Justin Stone came forward this past week with accusations of forced drug use, sexual harassment, and rape against Boy Crush owner Brian Schwant. Or Schwant. Schwant. In a tear-filled video posted to his Twitter page, Stone claims he was given drugs and alcohol after being assaulted by Schwant on the set of a Boy Crush production. He's now the third adult film performer to come forward with these sorts of accusations against Schwant, who has not responded uh, to the allegations, although in the past he has admitted to sleeping with models who later accused him of rape. Models. Well, you know, that's what they call themselves. Models. Porn stars. <laughs> and finally... An interview with Woody Allen has been slashed from a new documentary about the historic Carlisle Hotel um, because of fears that the scandal-struck filmmaker, that his presence in the movie would damage it. Sources told Page Six in the New York Post that Allen, whose Monday night jazz performances at the Carlisle have become an Upper East Side institution, sat down with the filmmaker for an interview, but the chat was cut at the last minute because of the sexual assault allegations made against Allen by his adopted daughter, Dylan Farrow. 
Can you do a Woody Allen impression, James? No, but I can tell you that Ronan probably broke this story. Uh, I don't think he broke this one, but he definitely <laughs> believes his sister. Yeah. I mean, the oh, Woody... Jeez, I can't believe they're accusing... I can't do it. I can't, I can't, I can't do, do Woody Allen. <laughs> I could sleep with one of my siblings, and that's the I don't need to be didactic or facetious, but... To, Terrible. I can't turn. I'm a dumb and all that's happened in just the last two weeks since we had a live show, James. It's crazy, right? Yeah, it is kind of crazy. And I mean, the amount of uh, the stories that just keep unraveling with, you know, the Me Too movement and every single, uh, you know, everything from gay porn stars to women. It's just insane to me, although I think it's really needed. And I think it's going to be on the other side, a really cool thing for us to define sexual define sexuality in a much different way yeah once we get past all of this and also just you know guys have to realize that women aren't into any of the things they think they're into they're not into being hit they're not into being called a slave they're not and maybe some of them are you know maybe if if you and your partner have an understanding where it's like we're going to play this game and here's our safe word and and this is and at any time you can tell me to stop and i will but Mm -hmm. so many men just assume that women are into the shit that they're doing. Yeah. I mean, I'd be okay if he had sex with Kellyanne Conway. <laughs> I, I can't imagine, and nor do I want to, her having sex with anyone, including her husband. Um, Shade. Thank you, Derek. Um, but, but here's a related story. I don't know if you call this sexual assault. I think, it, I think you have to call it that. Have you heard about this hockey player? Oh, this is my favorite. Who plays for the Boston Bruins. His name favorite. is Brad Marchand. And he keeps licking his opponents. I've watched this on loop, by the way. There's a lot of videos of him. There's something I have to say, and this is a double standard, because if he were doing it to women, we'd all be outraged and calling him a pig. But he's not, so let's just go there. And and men can be sexually assaulted. But it is hilarious, because hockey's this very masculine, you know, violent game. And these guys, they'll punch you in the face for looking at them the wrong way. And he gets in these little, you know, on, on the on the rink, in the rink, they get tangled up in each other, you know, like they skate into each other. And as they're tangled up, he just goes, and just licks their face. <laughs> Which I think is one of the most violent things he could possibly yeah. do to these guys. Sometimes like spitting in someone's face. You don't, you don't do that. This is things you don't do. Like no. I used to lick my boyfriend's face, and he fucking hated that, and that's why I, <laughs> I don't it. want to be licked by anyone. <laughs> but it is it is a little different than spitting because you are kind of you are going there with a little bit of a sexual kind of dig, you know. Well, here's the thing about Brad Marchand; he's extremely pro-gay. Um, he's actually like a liaison for his team to the LGBTQ community, and people are always tweeting at him like, "Oh, you're a fag, you're gay," and he always tweets back like, "You know, so what, what if I was?" Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we like him for that reason, but the NHL has had enough of this, the National Hockey League, because it's happened a number of times and it's really pissing off his opponents. <laughs> so the NHL tweeted, um, we spoke with the boss, with, <laughs> with Boston's Brad Marchand and GM Don Sweeney today. The league has put the player on notice that his actions are unacceptable and similar behavior in the future will be dealt with by way of supplemental discipline. Um, Marchand then gave an interview where he basically said, all right, I'll stop. I need to realize that this behavior is upsetting people and I, I shouldn't do it. Um, but it is fun. So if you, <laughs> if you want to Google Brad Marchand licking, it, he looks like a, like he licks them like a dog. It's, it's hmm. so, and they, on loop. And they get so freaked out too. Some of them have punched him. It's a great defense mechanism. No it, one wants to go against a guy who's licking people's faces. Well, oh, nope, you can have the puck. It's fine. I'll. I won't play this game anymore. You win. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to start doing that to uh, guys who block the subway train. I can't get in. I would not advise <laughs> that, James. It'll be another viral video, but this time you'll be like getting killed. <laughs> Good. Maybe my career will take off. Gay comedian James Michelangelo was murdered on the subway this morning after licking someone who got in his way. Um, I have another breaking story. As you know, Tell me. Well, as you know, DragCon uh, happened or is mm-hmm. happening in Los Angeles right now, and... There was a lot of hubbub about Tyra Sanchez in the oh, weeks leading right. up to DragCon. First, she um, threatened, or seemed to threaten, Tatiana Ali and Fifi O'Hara and said she was going to like lay them out at DragCon or someone was going to do it for her. Then she posted, fair warning, do not attend RuPaul's DragCon on May 12th, 2018. Don't say mm. I didn't warn you. Well, nothing happened. Everyone was fine. There were no explosions, but people took this very seriously. And in fact, 
someone from the Counterterrorism and Special Op- Operations Bureau of the LAPD um, emailed her, and this whole email chain was somehow leaked, probably by her, and said, like, listen, I need to talk to you about this. Can you please contact me? And Sanchez wrote back, no, I will not. Stop contacting me about a Facebook post. So they wrote back, until we interview you telephonically, through email, or in person, this case will remain open, and you may be brought up on a criminal threat charge. To which Sanchez replied, sir, I have not threatened anyone. Do what you must. The counterterrorism guy responded, read your post. A lot of people have interpreted it as a threat, and it looks like one on face value. Just need to talk to you. So here's the news. Sanchez wrote back and said, it's art. It's meant to be left up to the interpretation of the viewer. It's not my fault how you or anyone else interprets my work. If you or other people don't like my work, you guys don't have to follow or engage with it. It's been that. It's that simple. Well, I love that um, this is a problem for her and not for our president. I just want to say that. (laughs) Well, he didn't threaten to blow anyone up. Really? I mean, except North Korea. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Right. There's a lot of his actions that can be under the microscope, but let's sure let's penalize the one black lady who did the same thing as anyone else. I mean, listen, I want to punish Donald Trump in any way possible for any number of things that he's done. I don't think making terroristic threats is is sort of his style. He's more likely to just say like "You're a loser," but what Tyra did is fucked up. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna excuse her because she's. Uh, a black drag queen or you know yes she may get portrayed in a certain way because of her race that a white queen wouldn't get however i maintain that any queen or any person who said don't attend this event you've been warned is gonna have to deal with a lot of shit and she shouldn't have posted that and it was threatening it's also don't what kind of art is that don't bite the hand that feeds you Oh, well, that's, that ship has sailed. She's been banned from DragCon. RuPaul's never going to work with her again. World of Wonders is never going to work with her again. She right. fucked herself. Mm, that's what I mean. Don't, you know, she bit the hand that fed her, and now she's, she's paying the price on a bigger level. Another RuPaul's Drag Race former contestant who's been in the news a lot, we've been talking about her, is Robbie Turner. Now, she's that queen from Seattle who claimed that she was in a fatal car accident yeah, in which her Uber driver was killed. And then, you know, it turns out there was absolutely no truth to that. Now she's finally speaking out. She was silent about this for weeks. She now says she was roofied. Oh. All right. She well, said, oh, go ahead. I was going to say I was roofied one time, but I didn't get into a car accident. That, that I can tell you right now. I did have a few scratches on me, though, when I woke up. Well, that's what she's saying. That's what I'm saying. She didn't have a scratch on her. She said, um, hold on. I don't 100% remember leaving the club, and I do not remember coming home at all. At the time that I came home, I had this vivid dream that I thought was 100% real, especially once I woke up and had large contusions on my thighs, shoulder, and my head was pounding. She said she's horrified to have caused such controversy, but that she won't delete the tweets. Quote, the way I was raised, I don't shirk things. You're supposed to admit what you did wrong and not be a coward about it. The goal is to move forward. I don't know. First, it was a public service announcement about seatbelts. <laughs> Here's my question. Has, have you ever, and I'm asking JB this too, and Elvis, if you want to chime in, Elvis the intern is here. Have you ever been roofied or known anyone who was roofied in your entire life? Can we say, like, does G count? If it was put in your drink without your knowledge? Yes, you yes ha- I have. That's happened to you? Yeah, it did happen to me in P-Town. Somebody, um, they put it, well, I, I should say this. They gave me a glass of orange juice, and they didn't tell me that the entire thing had G in it. That's, I think that's drugging someone. It was drugging someone. I ended up down at the Did you enjoy it? With no <laughs> I mean, crawling I think, around. Is that being drugged, or is that just your normal behavior? I mean, I thanked the person later. Yeah, exactly. It's free drugs. <laughs> no, really, but it did happen. It did happen. How about you, JB? Uh, okay, so as most of everyone knows, I, I don't go outside. I don't socialize. So, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't go outside. It's a good way yeah, to protect I, yourself. I, I stay inside. I play video games. Everything I have is right there in my computer. So, I, I don't leave anywhere. So, no, I've never been roofied or... I, I've never known anyone to be roofied. I guess I'll. I'll I don't think song. anyone wants to have sex with me because no one's ever done it to me. Here's my <laughs> thing. I think this is a, a a real problem for women. Clearly, for people who know Bill Cosby, 
<laughs> but I don't know too many gay men or drag queens personally. Um, well, most drag queens are gay men who have ever had someone drug their drink. And more often than not, when I hear about this, I'm a little skeptical and I think you just did drugs. Right. right. You did the drugs you yourself. Out yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but now I don't want to slander her predators out there who are after these drag queens who are drugging them and no one comes out and says it. Absolutely. And a drag queen, you know, especially someone who's been on RuPaul's Drag Race probably is a target for all kinds of creeps. I mean, listen, I have a stalker. Yeah. And I'm no one. Exactly. So you never Nobody know gives if a shit those about people me. out in those, in those who go outside, you know, because I don't go outside. Those people who go outside in the nightlife might have those crazy stalkers. See, this is why you don't go outside. You but stay home. I think I would be a little bit less skeptical if she had maybe spoken out the next day or two days later. It's been weeks. But if somebody roofied her and they were, like, going to slander, like, not why not, like, set her up to go on Dateline and, like, put her in front of, a, like, a dead body or something? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you're creating a whole, home. like, episode of uh, 48 Hours. Well, I'm obsessed. So we clearly know what he's going to do when he drugs someone. Yeah. Set them up for murder. Listen, when I'm depressed, I have to watch people getting killed. It just makes me feel better. <laughs> I just think, like, I've woken up from some very vivid dreams. Um, I didn't tweet about them and assume they were real. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I just the whole yeah. thing sounds very shady to me. I hope that Robbie gets whatever help he needs um, if he and does if he does indeed need help. But I'm just saying I'm taking all this with a grain. Well, there was of salt. probably a lot of shame there. Yes, there was probably a lot of shame and a lot of panic and a lot of fear. What can I do to spin this? And you got caught. Call in and tell us if you think Robbie Turner is full of shit. Um, oh, this just in: my sister is live texting me during the show. She's probably not even listening. She's just sending me some stupid thing. Oh, what shady. She should be listening to the show. Oh, she just said that someone we know, I'm not going to say his name on air, was in fact roofied. And it was oh. a straight guy. So she was listening. Thank you for listening. So Yes, Anna, you can call in as well. It's uh, 844-825-5367. But don't call in right now because we're about to do the interview with mom. Um, a couple other stories before we talk to my mother. Uh James, have you heard the one about the prison guard with the huge stinky penis? You know what? I didn't. And I saw this on today's agenda, and I was like, I'm just going to leave this one alone, and I'm going to be surprised. I almost wasn't going to do this story because they did it on Howard Stern, and uh, he's the king, and I, I won't be able to do it justice. But I, I found the story before I heard it. Jurors in a Brooklyn correction officer's sexual assault trial appear to be sick of hearing about his huge stinky penis. The jurors were visibly glum and exasperated as prosecutors continued a second day of grilling accusers on the shape and odor of Lieutenant Eugenio Perez's phallus, which the feds say is so distinctive that it helped them confirm the women's stories. Quote, it was so big I wanted to throw up, a 50-year-old former inmate testified through a translator while explaining how Perez forced her to perform oral sex on him while he was working at the Metropolitan Detention Center in 2016. Quote, it had a smell like he didn't wash or take a shower. It was a really strong smell. Prosecutors asked, can you describe what Lieutenant Perez's penis looked like? The woman replied, it's big, fat. The jurors then appeared to reach the end of their tether. One of them was pinching the bridge of her nose, rolling her eyes and placing her forehead in her other hand. Uh, the witness was asked if she noticed anything about the penis skin. Uh... She said when it moved forward, there was a little piece hanging off. <laughs> another, another victim said, quote, he wasn't circumcised. It was big and it was like a hook. It was humongous. It was humongous and it curved. If it didn't stink, I would have been all over that shit. <laughs> That's an actual quote from the New York Post. Oh, my God. So it sounds like he's going to be found guilty. And the moral of the story is... Take a shower. <laughs> There's two things I want to say about that. Wash One, your penis. What was the hanging thing? Two, <laughs> this the same thing happened to me in the back of the blue store, but he was a Hasidic Jew. Same thing. Oh, a Hasidic Jew yeah. with, a smell, with a big smelly penis? Yeah. He was, yeah. I mean, the Hasidim are not always known for their hygiene, unfortunately. Well, there was a lot but of at least it was circumcised. It was July. I understood. How disgusting. Um, all right. Last thing we're going to talk about before we, uh, we talk to Phyllis Sank. And uh, and this dovetails nicely because it's about Roseanne, <laughs> who is a mother herself. Are you watching the Roseanne reboot, James? I am. I am. What I, do you think? You know what? I like it. I like it. I think they're doing a really good job. I think they're still sticking to what was classic 
about Roseanne. I like that she's got the balls to just she's doing the she's so brilliant in a lot of ways because she's doing the same thing now that she did then that rocketed her to, you know, the top of the ratings. Um there's a few things about it, blah blah blah, I can pick it apart, but for the most part I like it. It lo- it's losing a little bit of luster for me as it goes on, but Does it matter to you that she, her personal political views are so repugnant? No. This is because that's exactly what Roseanne has always done. It's what it's what she did the first time. It's you know the Star Spangled Banner, everything. Yeah, I mean, I have a real problem with her as a as a person. I think she's done real damage by um, not only enabling Trump and supporting Trump and being an apologist for him, but also like her tweets are batshit crazy. Yeah, she's full into the conspiracy theories, Pizzagate, Hillary's a murderer. Uh, you know, every, every wild Alex Jones thing that you can imagine, Roseanne has retweeted as if it's truth. And a lot of her stuff has been, like, violently anti-Muslim, really Islamophobic. And why that's uh, important is because this past week's episode, which I did watch, was all about Roseanne and Dan get these new neighbors who are Muslims. Mm-hmm. And Roseanne is freaking out because they have all this fertilizer and she thinks they're building a bomb. And... The humor was very edgy. Mm-hmm. It was funny, mm-hmm. but it was real edgy. And it mm-hmm. was like Roseanne was the typical asshole Trump-supporting American who's afraid of anyone who's Islamic and assumes that they're terrorists. And um, I won't recap the whole episode. You can watch it online or however you watch TV. But at the end, Roseanne is in a supermarket with the, the neighbor, the woman, mm-hmm. and the cashier starts saying horrible shit to her like, oh, why don't you go carry this, these bags out to your camel? And Roseanne just kind of stares at her and then the Muslim woman leaves and Roseanne reads her for filth and is like, when you say when you see something, say something. I just saw something and I'm going to talk to your manager because that woman has more class than, you know, you have in your whatever. She basically like chastises her for being an Islamophobic cunt. Mm -hmm. But Roseanne is an Islamophobic cunt. Mm -hmm. And that's what I found so interesting it's like she's playing a character who's saying all the right things and doing a lot of good for all the trump supporters watching that tv show Mm -hmm. they're getting a message that they fucking need to hear but the woman herself is saying the opposite on twitter and it's hard to even wrap my head around it can i just say like that is the essence of an actor or, or or slash actress like they're not like you I don't agree with Roseanne's personal views, but when she's on, when she's in front of the camera and her show, it brings magic to it. So, I, I'm very conflicted yeah. about Roseanne, but what, what she's doing is not her. So, like, as I as an entertainer, I have to respect her. I well, I, I like the show, and I'm yeah. happy the show is doing what it's doing, and that it's so popular, particularly in in Trump's America. But I wonder how she feels delivering those lines. Like, does she have any cognitive dissonance? Let me tell you that, question. that, that she's difference. doing the opposite on Twitter. But that's the difference between acting and comedy. Yeah. And she's a comic. And she's going to bring all of her crazy to her work. And you can think what you want about it. You know, you can, you can, it can be controversial. You can but hate it. But the work it. is great. It's, the, it's her actual thoughts that are terrible. People went inside Joan Rivers and thought the same thing. People are like, you, oh, you are crazy. Joan no, you can't. And I'm a huge Joan Rivers How fan. How dare you? Listen to me. Don't you, don't you come for me, bitch. His whole face got real straight. We're talking about Joan Rivers. He's serious right now. She's my hero. No one's a bigger Joan fan than I am. But I'm telling you, I think that Roseanne is depicting what is really happening in the country. And though I do not agree with her personal views, and yeah, it's a bit disgusting and batshit crazy, I do think the show is pretty brilliant. I do too. I'm, I, I wish that Roseanne would snap out of this insane state that she's been in for a few years, and I hope that someone in her life can get to her and be like, you need to stop. Can show, you not? The show, can you not? The show wouldn't be as good if she did. I don't know about that. Mm, it would not be. She, it comes from It was great rock, the first time around. Place, and she was nuts. She was nuts, but she wasn't, her views weren't dangerous. Anyway, we have to mm. move on, because speaking of famous mothers... Our first guest on the ass today is a woman who had the great privilege of giving birth to me 47 years ago. And so in honor of Mother's Day, I wanted to have her on the show. But first, I found a a home video of when I was eight years old and I was with my mom and I wanted to just play a clip from it. Take a listen. What's wire hangers doing in this closet when I told you no wire hangers ever? 
please welcome to the ass all the way from suburban New Jersey, Phyllis Sank. Yay. Come on. Yay. Where did you find that? Remember, Mom, when you were cleaning out my closet? And what happened? No, I don't. You found out. That wasn't actually you, Mother. That was Faye Dunaway oh. as Joan Crawford in Mommy Dear. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Wait, she actually, that actually happened? No, that didn't happen. I was thrown for a loop. The she only thing my mother ever found in the closet was me. <laughs> <laughs> True. Are you True. on speaker? I am. Take yourself off speaker. It's going to sound better. Okay. Sorry. I know you want Dad and Anna to hear. Um, All right. I'm off speaker. Mother, uh, it's wonderful to have you on the show. You were... Only 23 when your first child was born, correct? That's true. Which is crazy young to me. Mm. Were you terrified? No, I, it was a very, I wasn't terrified. I mean, I was married. I was married to a pediatrician. I, it was normal at that time to get married. That, in fact, when I got married at 21, I was the last of my four best friends to get married. It's amazing how things have changed. Cause Isn't it I, incredible? I look at 21-year-olds as children. Yes, they look at themselves that way, too. <laughs> and I definitely <laughs> can't imagine having had a child at, at 23 or even, what was dad, like 30, 29? Yeah, 29, yeah. So young. What do you remember about the happiest day of your life, February 23rd, 1971, when your third child was born? I had the most excruciating headache after you were born. Really? <laughs> I have that effect on people. I I was thrilled to have a son. We already had decided that our one and only son would be named Adam. And I, it was a very easy delivery, as I recall. But for some reason, I had the most excruciating headache. Was that a portend of the future? I don't know. But <laughs> I I was. I think they knocked me out. And when I came to, there you were, and you were positively gorgeous and a wonderful baby. Thank you. The, these were the days when women, you, you were not conscious during the birth, right? You were, oh, no, I was. Absolutely you were. They just gave you maybe an epidural if you needed it. But, no, you were, I was totally conscious. It was only if I had a C-section that if you had a not you, if a mother had a, if a laboring mother needed a C-section, that would be the only time you'd be out. Right. I was awake the whole time. What was I like as a baby, and could you tell I was different from other boys? Not at all. <laughs> you looked fine. I mean, you were just fun. You were fun, and you had these two adoring older sisters. They were five and seven years older than you, and they still are. Yeah, thank God. All right, Anna. And it was just a very happy time. But you didn't think, like, when I was, like, two or three, you didn't start to notice some gay traits? Yeah, well, I, when you were three, we bought you a doll <laughs> at Roy's Hobby Shop. I, that was a mistake, I guess. <laughs> what kind of doll? Can you remember? I it was a girl doll, yeah, baby doll, because you like dolls. Of course. But you didn't think that was strange? No, no, because, you know, that whole uh, record. Free, Free to, to be, be you, you and me. me it yeah. was that whole thing coming out. We thought, okay, good, let's buy him a doll. You and thought then, you were being good liberal parents. Actually, that came out after, but it was so great, that song about we bought him a doll. Well, how did that song and William go? wants a doll. Uh, William right, wa yeah. William wants a doll. Yeah, and it was perfect. I have know? news for you, Mom. William turned out gay, too. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> All right, yeah. so you lived in Pittsburgh during your high school and college years. Yes. And you went to college with legendary football coach Mike Ditka. I did. Is it true that he was almost my father? <laughs> never, <laughs> never. I was the kind of girl that you didn't met who Mike Ditka would not mess with, but I think he would have liked to. You were you were too straight laced. I was really straight laced. But did you go on an actual date with him? Never, never. We were in a Russian studies class together, which I doubt he ever finished. <laughs> <laughs> so what advice do you have for, uh, for anyone who's expecting or is a new mother? Well, I think it is the most joyful time of life. Not necessarily the expecting part, but once that baby is born, it is the most incredible, incredible gift it really is. And, I mean, I guess, you know, you're, we were fortunate because I'm not worried. I wasn't worried about how to feed you or clothe you. But if you, and that would make it a 
very different, and I was healthy. Yeah. But assuming that you're healthy and that you have enough to keep a baby safe and warm, there's just no greater, absolutely nothing greater than that that I can think of. It's the greatest joy in my life. That's very sweet. But you didn't breastfeed me. No, I didn't breast any of the children. Mm, that's created a lot of problems. <laughs> I know. I'm sure it has. <laughs> they told you and guys I that breast milk was bad, right? And I, No, absolutely not. Your father w- would have loved it, but I, I, I just couldn't. <laughs> she know, means as a doctor, James. Well, I don't know. She doesn't yeah. mean like he would <laughs> have enjoyed the... No, and and he assured me close. that the formula was very healthy, and I pro- chose to do that. In the, uh, there was no pressure. In the couple minutes I've left with you, I want to ask about politics because when you were born, yes. uh, Roosevelt was president, FDR. No, absolutely. Oh, yes, was he? he was. Okay. Well, no. I don't remember. And because the first president I remember is President Truman. Right, but you were uh, you were born in forty one. FDR right. was still president, and fourteen men have been president in your lifetime. Have mm-hmm. you ever? Even during the turbulent 60s, have you ever seen anything that compares to the Trump administration? Nothing. And believe me, we thought Nixon was a nightmare. But this is beyond the pale. I mean, what we have, Nixon at least was smart, and he understood the the workings of government. He understood the Constitution. This guy doesn't know what the hell the Constitution is. I mean, he really has never read it. Or studied it, or studied anything. He's just a gangster. He's a total gangster. Yeah. And it's frightening. And we and the my message to everyone is, you've got to work, work, work. If you have a congressman who's already a Democrat, then go and work for a a Republican. I mean, a Democrat in another state. Right. Send money to someone else. Don't just say, oh well, you know, I'm in New York. I'm okay. We're talking about the whole country, and we have got to we have got to flip the house. We have got to flip the house and the Senate. Although that's looking and like the a Senate. long shot. It's a long shot, but you know what? I think it's possible, but not if we get complacent and say, "Oh, look!" And you can't just be running against Trump. You got to be running for something. This is where I get my and, politics from, ladies and gentlemen. And the other woman. thing that is so frightening, both to Dad and myself, is this awful racism which has reared its head i've never seen anything like this i really haven't it's terrifying just because of social media that we hear about it more i think so i think the racism has always been with us i think if you're a person of color you know that but for, for years we we had a society where it was socially unacceptable to give voice to your racism and now we have a president who not only enables it but encourages it it and encourages it, so right? All, all, all of the snakes are coming out from under the their rocks. Oh, it is just the most awful. I mean, truly, it is so awful. I mean, to think that you know, two guys sitting in Starbucks and you call the police, or a, a graduate student taking a nap at one a.m. in the commons room at Yale. Yep. She's a she's, and you call the police on her. I mean, how dare you? I don't understand what's happening. I mean, and it, it it really does come. You know, they say a fish stinks from its head, and this. Oh, I think we just lost my mom. Well, mom, if you're still listening, uh, thank you so much for being a part of my show today. I love you, and I thank you for bringing me into the world, and also for giving me such good values. Uh, I have to say, James, when when other people go home, tell me that what they can't go home because their family or are Trump supporters or they're racist or they're homophobic. I do consider myself so lucky to have the parents that I've had. And my mother has been like the political leader of the family for my entire lifetime. So that was amazing. I'm sorry we lost you, Mom, but I love you. Happy Mother's Day. Moving on. That was fun, right? That was fantastic. We have to move on to our next guest. We're so packed today. Our next guest is a comedian who saw one of her videos go mega viral over the past week. It has surpassed 2 million views on Facebook and is entitled Lesbian Nature Calls. Take a listen to this video. Hit it, JB. Oh, no. What happened? One of the videos just broke down apparently. Did it? All right, let's get her on the phone, yeah. and then we'll play the video as we're talking to her. Please welcome to the show, Cindy Foster. Hello. Cindy, how are oh, you, my love? I don't even listen. I'm doing great. I, I caught the tail end of your mother talking about head. I'm 
Hello? Entire conversation, but I with your mom. Just right there. Cindy, are you on a mobile phone? I am. Can you, is there a better location that you can stand in? Because you're, you're cutting in and out. We're having technical problems on the show today. Well, let me tell me if this is any better. Yes. You sound crystal clear now. Oh, good. I'll stand right here. Cindy, you're in Western right Massachusetts, correct? I am in Western Massachusetts. So they only have like one cell tower there anyway. That's mm. it. You know, and I'm like, you know, and there's four of us like trying to get that right now. Your, your, your fine intern called me and I thought you guys were setting me up for a joke and he wanted to know if I was ready uh, to go on the air. And I had to tell him uh, that I was in the middle of my traditional Mother's Day mullet haircut and everybody got really squirrely and then they put someone else on the phone and then I realized that it wasn't a joke. That she they played were my life. Serious, so. She played my <laughs> life. I was not a part of this joke. Poor Elvis was like, I don't know what to do. I was like, you oh. knew we were calling you, right? No, they, yeah, but I thought that, I figured you guys were just, I thought it was the two of you boys messing with me. That's what I thought. No, we would she never do we such a prank. And she pranked us. That's weird. I totally pranked them. Oh, yeah. Do, yeah. We, do we have her video ready, JB? How's it going? No. All right, so, Cindy, this Lesbian yeah. Nature Calls video, you originally posted this in 2016, correct? I did. So what has happened and, over the past week that made it go so viral? Well, I think, um, I, you know, it's spring, um, and, uh, you know, and, and uh, traditionally it is actually when, when the lesbians are out uh, in nature doing their, uh, their mating calls. Yes. And because of that, I think um, that's what really made it uh, explode. And, uh, and, of course, the straight ladies, right, who um, I like to call the straight ladies. You know the straight ladies, and there's straight guys, too, that do the same thing, but there are straight women who... Once they have a fruity drink, they want to sit on my lap and do kissy kissy. Yes, and I, like I wish more him. straight guys did that to me. Listen, if we then I need to be your, be your wing gal because I'm pretty sure that I could make that happen. I, I like to call those AILs, which are alcohol induced lesbians. <laughs> that is uh, what the straight lady is when she wants to do the kissy kissy. So you and I are going to hang out and we're going to make that happen. But seriously, sure, what so. what um, what was the <sighs> reason for the for the sudden spread? if you will, of this video? You know, uh, yeah, you know, I, 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 I've wondered about the rhyme and reason, right, of what makes something, uh, what makes something um, take off. <clears throat> and I've had a couple videos. It's the Lesbian Nature Call one, and then I also did a one about um, lesbian camping season and what not to leave out at your sites, uh, you know, to keep, otherwise the lesbians will come like bears. <laughs> and that one hit like 10 million views. Holy shit. And, right. Yeah, and this, the nature call one is up to about 3 million and, uh, and yeah, people are, are recognizing me and kind of doing the holler back and it's been a lot of fun. Our associate producer JB tells me it is finally available. So let's take a listen All to right, lesbian nature calls. Hit it JB. Being a lesbian, I have to come out to the woods every single morning to make sure that I am in touch with nature grounded into the earth and filled with lesbianism. I bring you on my sacred journey of lesbianism. Oh, you didn't do the ending. The ending's the best part. Oh, I will. I'll do it now. Oh, wait. Here we go. Sorry, that was a long pause. Give it up for Cindy Foster and Lesbian Nature Calls. Come on, everyone. Cindy is James. Cindy is James Michelangelo. Oh, still playing it? Uh, no, no, go ahead, James. Okay, no, no, that was me. C- <laughs> so was you. We got a live one. Cindy, it's James uh, Michelangelo. Listen, my husband and I were in bed last night. We were cracking up. We could not stop laughing watching this thing. And, excuse me. One of my favorite parts is when you use your necklace as some kind of tracking device. 
that picks up the lesbianism of the forest. It, yes, hysterical. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like Tree of Life, uh, you know, necklace, and it kind of looks a little lesbian witchy, anyways. And um, yeah, and I have to, I swear to you, I was out walking my dog um, out in the woods here in Western Massachusetts, and. And you know how you hear those birds out that almost sound like they belong in like like the jungle. Like I heard this bird, like it was like, and and then when I heard it, I did in my mind. I'm like, oh my god! I just heard dike 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 dike. So I'm like, I just took the camera out and I'm like just fooling around and I filmed it one shot, you know, deal and uh, and came up with that and um, yeah, it's. Uh, that's, you know, this is, my mind works this way all the time. It's, it's you know, so hilarious. You're going to pick up Rachel Maddow soon because she's out there too. So watch out for that signal. <laughs> she's out camping. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? We have these birds. I mean, I think they're everywhere. They, they imitate whatever sound they hear. But because we're in New York City, they'll imitate like car alarms <laughs> and explosions oh and things. God. And there's there's this bird that lives on my roof. And it literally sounds like a car alarm. Are it's you like, kidding me? <laughs> and I'm like, shut the fuck up. So you're going to have some bird out there that's like going, la, 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 lesbian. <laughs> you know, I know. And then the guys want me to do one for, for them. So, I, I, you know, I have to, if you guys have any, uh, you know, sound that you use to call, call men, I dick, need dick, to dick, know. Dick, so dick, 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 Balls, balls, balls. Hilarious. Stacy, excuse me, Cindy, your material. Your material seems. That might be my favorite. Your, your. Comedy material seems very, very lesbian specific to me. Do you perform for straight or mixed crowds? And, and if so, how do they oh, respond yeah, to you? Yeah, no, I definitely do. In the videos, you know, I, I'm, I do stand up and the videos just kind of came uh, out of nowhere more just to entertain myself. And I posted a couple and um, and they really took off. And with the videos, I definitely, um, you know, it's they're, they're funny. But the other really great thing about them is that... Uh, I really have an audience of not only, um, you know, gay and lesbians, but I have a lot of straight people uh, that follow me. And because of the way my humor is, it's really you can kind of because I kind of do a lot of parodies on, you know, making fun of stereotypes and kind of opening people people's eyes. And they're really able to um, kind of put their dukes down and, and hear what I'm saying and see how ridiculous that they sound. Right. When I kind of reverse stuff that's great. Um, on them. So, yeah. So that's been um that's been really kind of a, a you know a, a amazingly cool thing to be able to do because you know it's it's all about right spreading love and light and being kind to one another and and if I can do that in these videos it's fantastic. Amen. Uh, when yeah. Did, when did you yeah. start doing stand up? I started doing stand up about five years ago and I just took this uh, class at the local community college and then ended up. Um, uh, performing in a club in Northampton and I think they had me on for like 10 minutes and I, and I just like you know it was like when I got up there it was like oh my god I'm home this is what this is my purpose this is where what I'm supposed to be doing and you caught they that kept me rush. up for I think it was like another 40 minutes wow um, your yeah, first time up minutes, you did 50 minutes I did 50 minutes my first time up yeah how did, how did just, you have enough uh, material you know because I just uh I really, uh, a lot of it I ended up, um, you know, telling pretty much storytelling, right, which is what jokes are anyways, but just, you know, and kind of uh, exaggerating and elaborating and elaborating on that, or elaborating, that is a lesbian thing that we do. <laughs> when you're alone and you don't have a, a girlfriend, you uh, you um, elaborate yourself. And a, a labia I do that a lot. I do that. <laughs> Cindy? I'm going to go back to that. In the uh, in the couple minutes that we have remaining, it's time to play everyone's favorite game. Ask me no questions. Hit it, JB. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> and nothing's Nothing, working today. None of our jingles are working. Oh, oh, this is great because it's a live show. All right, fuck the jingle. Here we go, Cindy. Here are your questions. Number okay. one: Are you a gold star gay? Definitely. Yes. Yes. Who has been the greatest lesbian of all time? Ellen. Oh, good answer. I was going to go with Eleanor Roosevelt, but Ellen's pretty great. I was going to go with Oprah. 
Better late than never, JB. Uh, number three, F. Mary Kill. Ready? You have to F. Mary Kill. Rosie O'Donnell, Wanda Sykes, Ellen DeGeneres. Okay. Uh, I'm going to fuck Ellen. And uh, what was the other one? Mary? Rosie O'Donnell oh, no. or Wanda Sykes. Oh, yeah, you have to Shit, fuck one, no. marry one, and kill one. Okay, so I guess I'm gonna um, I'm gonna fuck Wanda, marry Ellen, and I guess kill. Oh, it just seems so wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to kill Rosie. I'm gonna have to kill her. God, yeah. Poor yeah. Rosie. We have a surprise for you, Cindy. Rosie O'Donnell is right here with us, and she has oh, some yeah. things to say to you. <laughs> just kidding. Um, number four, you already answered, which is what would a gay male nature call sound like? But we've already covered right. that. What is the one food you will never put in your mouth? Uh, probably, um, uh, any, like donkey balls, donkey balls. I would go with balls, donkey balls. Well, that's not an actual food. It is though. actually. Is it? No, she's right. It is. Oh, it yeah. Is. It's yeah. A deli- yeah they do serve donkey balls. And I, I have been in restaurants where that is an option. You're absolutely right. I mean, I've had balls that were the size of donkey balls. And I ate for breakfast, <laughs> lunch, and dinner. But I'm a vegan, so I would have no part of a donkey Please. in my No, no, my, my daughter's a vegan, too. Very hard to cook for, it just, you know. How old is your daughter? Yeah. She will be 18 in two weeks. Well, good for her. Tell her that I approve <laughs> and applaud her, uh, her veganism. She's um, very, like, <clears throat> yeah. What was the first that. joke you ever told on stage? Uh... Uh, it would be, uh, let's see, the first one on stage, was, uh, it was actually a joke. It, the only joke that I know that I've heard before that I can remember. You know how you, you hear jokes all the time? Yeah. This is the only one I know. So so quickly that there there's a, there's like a, um, you know, like a, uh, like a mental, like in one of the old mental institutions. This took place a long time ago. And there was a psychiatrist and he walked in and the guy's in there and he's, moving his hand up and down like he's bouncing a basketball. And the doctor's like, what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm not here. I'm going to play basketball. And the doctor's like, that's weird. He writes a note, goes into the next room. The guy's in there. He's like swinging an imaginary bat. And he's like, what are you doing? He said, when I get out of here, I'm going to be a baseball player. That's what I'm going to be. And he writes it down. He's like, what the fuck is going on? He goes in the next room, and there's a guy, and he's laying on a bed, completely naked, balancing a peanut on the end of his dick. And the doctor says, what are you doing? He goes, I'm fucking nothing. I'm never getting out of here. I think we've missed the punchline. I'm fucking nuts. Oh, no. Nuts. Is yeah, that it? I'm, I'm fucking nuts. I'm fucking nuts, and I'm never getting out of here. That was the first joke you ever told on stage. It was, yeah. yeah. And they were like, let's luckily, keep her up here for another 40, 40 minutes. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what is the worst, what's the worst gig you ever had? Oh. <laughs> I did a show at <laughs> Winter State College, and... Um, last minute and they were yeah but they wait cindy you're cutting in and out again are you did you move to a new location i'm moving can you hear me right now yes hello is that better yeah go ahead okay uh so yeah i had a i had a show at worcester state college and Mm. they did not advertise it whatsoever i was you know i i came in i got into the big auditorium i get there there's it's like the show's going to start in like 10 minutes and there's I kid you not, there was one person in the in the auditorium. One. <laughs> there was one. And, and I went up, and I'm like, oh, I must be in the wrong room. I'm the comedian. I'm be performing. The kid's like, oh, no, you're in, you're in the right room. It's the kid that freaking hired me. That's the only person that was in there. Did you, goes, did you do the show? I did. We went into the cafeteria, and we pulled out, like, eight different people. I said to him, I said, listen, I, I came to ask all kinds some people. So we went to the cafeteria, and we pulled in eight people, and um uh, and that was really hard to do. <laughs> My dear, I have been there so many times. Yeah, in fact, I was I was at that exact same location, Cindy. I am from Massachusetts. I am a mass hole. And I did not have a one-person audience there, but I had a pretty crappy audience there. So, Cindy, how can people follow you on social media and YouTube and so forth? Oh, so, yeah, it's just on Instagram. It is... Uh, it's at Cindy Foster Comedy. At Cindy Foster and, Comedy. Yep. And then my Twitter is uh, Cindy Foster 2015, which I have no fucking idea why I picked that year. 2015. I, now I'm stuck with it. 
15. Yep. Fabulous. Cindy, thank you so much for being on the show. You are hilarious. Everyone should uh, find her online, follow her, watch her videos. And uh, next time you're in New York, we'll have to have you in studio so we can actually hear every word that you're saying. Yes, I would love to do that. I would love it. Thank Thank you, you Cindy. Thank you very much. Thank you, James Michael Angelo. You guys tune in next week to hear Greg Skarnicki. Have a great week, bitches.